Welcome to the God in the Ordinary podcast, an interview show for believers looking for encouragement in how to reveal God in their everyday. Your host, singer-songwriter Sharon Tedford. My guest today knows from her own experience how God reveals himself through our finances. She's seen financial freedom impact every area of life and now helps people destroy negative money mindsets, leading them towards fiscal liberty. My guest, financial advisor, Leah Adams. It's always fun for me to be able to introduce you all to one of my actual, in real life, friends. And today is no exception. Leah, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Sharon. Can you tell everyone where you live? Because you don't live anywhere near me here in Texas, do you? I am in the U.S., just like Sharon is, but I am on the eastern side of the U.S. I am in Georgia, actually in north Georgia, up in the beautiful mountains. And when Leah says the beautiful mountains, she means the beautiful mountains. It's like a postcard. If you go and follow her on social media or on her website, you'll see pictures of where she lives. We always think, oh, poor Leah, it looks terrible. You, you don't <laughs> like living there, do you, Leah? Not at all. <laughs> so, Leah, we ask all of our guests here on God in the Ordinary to share a reflection on Isaiah 61. And I know you've prepared one for us. Are you ready to do that? I have and I am. In thinking about reflecting Jesus to the unbelieving world around me, there is no better place to begin than with the words of Isaiah concerning the coming Messiah. Isaiah, under inspiration from the Spirit, detailed the Messiah's job description, if you will. Then, in Luke 4, Jesus proclaimed himself to be Messiah using Isaiah's job description as a Christ follower, someone who is to walk in the way of Christ. I believe these words are a fitting job description for me as well, both spiritually and in my career as a financial coach. God called me to come alongside people, both believers and unbelievers, and guide them to freedom and peace in the area of their finances. Many people fall victim to the lies of, you have to have debt, and this is just how it is. I will never get ahead. But just like the words of Isaiah 61 say, debt holds people captive and forces them to work to make someone else rich. When a person realizes the joy and freedom that come from being debt-free, having an emergency or rainy day fund, and living on a budget, they experience the beauty Isaiah speaks of in verse 3 of chapter 61, coming from the ashes of past financial decisions, and they never want to go back. God in the ordinary. There is no area of life more ordinary than money because it touches every area of our lives. As a Christian financial coach called by God to this work, He allows me the privilege of walking with people and offering them a plan to lift themselves out of that paycheck-to-paycheck prison where they never seem to get ahead. Many people feel hopelessness, anxiety, and shame over their finances. This provides an open door for me to guide them toward financial freedom and minister to them spiritually through prayer and sharing biblical principles about money. I have seen clients go from being broken-hearted prisoners of their own financial situation 
to finding joy, comfort, and breathing space as they learned to manage their money God's way. I am constantly amazed and blessed by the opportunities God offers me to share my faith with my clients. Thank you, Leah. It's always great to hear what our guests have to say about Isaiah 61. And something you just said was that people believe the lie that you have to get into debt. That's really interesting. Where do you think that came from? Well, I think that came from our society. I mean, we are a, um, a microwave society. We believe that we need everything now. And we have forgotten how to wait, how to work for, um, for what we want. And uh, in order to have everything now, that means that generally people don't have the money to pay for everything now, so they go into debt. And debt was a very uncommon thing 100 years ago. So this is a very new thing um, within the last century. And do you think it's harmful to our society? I do think it's harmful to our society. Um, We are going to our jobs, spending our time at work only to send our money to someone else so that they can get rich when we've borrowed money and gone into debt rather than being able to keep our money, not for selfish reasons, but keep our money and be able to bless other people in amazing ways with our money. So would you say that a mortgage is debt? Is it a necessary debt? Is it something that you would say, actually, as a debt, that one's okay? Or would you be seeking freedom from everything? That is a great question. So yes, a mortgage is definitely debt. And 100% of the mortgages that go into default have debt on them. Um, And so while I understand and I certainly encourage people toward home ownership, and I know that people will need to take out mortgages. Very, very few people can pay 100% down, at least early on in their lives, on a home. I do encourage people to, to work to pay off their mortgages as quickly as they can so they can know the freedom of being debt-free. So obviously you experience the joy of debt-free living because you told us about that. Was that easy to obtain? No, it wasn't easy to obtain. Um, My husband and I dug ourselves a hole of debt. At one point, we had multiple mortgages, multiple loans, business loans, home loans, land loans, construction loans. When the market turned down in 2008, we were holding mortgages and loans where we owed mortgage companies and banks $10,000 a month. And the economy crashed and it was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. Um, And so my husband likes to say that God gave us enough ointment to cover the wound. We never missed any payments, but it was at that point that I realized the damage and the detriment of having debt. And I can clearly remember standing on the front porch one day during that time and saying, never again, never again will we be in this kind of shape where we can hardly breathe because we owe so much money. 
And so that's the point at which I started trying to get us out of debt because I'm the bill payer in our home. Um, I take care of all the, the bills and that kind of thing. And so consistently and steadily, I began making extra payments to all of those mortgages. And over the course of about eight years, we paid off all those mortgages and we became debt-free around 2016. And it is an amazing feeling, Sharon. Greg and I look at each other and we say, if we had known how good of a feeling this was, we would have worked harder to get there sooner. Does it change the way you feel in your heart? Does it change your soul attitude? Absolutely, it does. First, we know that we are being obedient to God. The scripture is very, very clear, and there's so many guidelines in scripture about how to handle our money. There's there's scriptures about budgeting and about debt and saving and building wealth and generosity and tithing and and how God owns it all, that we're just managers of it. And so we feel we are um, being obedient to God by remaining debt-free. But it also helps us just to be more generous. When you've got money in your pocket, rather than sending it to mortgage companies, if someone comes across your path that is unable to pay their power bill or needs a new refrigerator or needs a doctor bill paid off, we have the means. Whereas before, all the money was going somewhere else. That's a beautiful gift to be able to be generous like that. As a financial coach, do you only talk to Christians and help them find freedom in their financial life? And if the answer is no, how do you reveal God to those who don't know him? Can you maybe tell us a few stories of how you've been able to share your faith with a client who doesn't know Jesus? Uh, I do coach both Christians and non-Christians. And God opens up so many opportunities in the course of our coaching sessions for me to share my faith. Uh, recently, I was working with a person who is a spiritual director in another faith, a non-Christian faith. And um, this person does know the Old Testament very, very well. And I had an opportunity because the person was talking about how they felt unworthy, about how they felt like they had disappointed God. And I had the opportunity to share with this person the story of the prodigal son. They had never read that story. And uh, it was really eye-opening for this person to hear that God is not mad at them that God loves them and accepts them just the way they are. And that was just such a wonderful moment for me to be able to share that with this person. I also have had opportunities to speak into troubled marriages because very, very often one of the first signs is money issues. A huge percentage of people who divorce do so because of money issues. And God has opened up several doors for me to speak into marital situations during a coaching session and even pray with clients who are having money issues. So it's just a beautiful thing that God allows me to interject my faith in my coaching sessions. Wow. And do you ask people, would you like me to pray with you? Uh, no, I do ask. I also tell my clients from the start, I will be praying for you as we are working together. That's good. So they know from the beginning that you're going to pray for them, whether you're with them or not. How do people react to that? 
they seem to be very grateful. I've not had anyone uh, seem antagonistic to the idea. So I know you have all different kinds of clients. Do you have a favorite kind of client to serve? I do. And you know, I've only come to realize this in the last few months, but I really love serving single women. Um, I, I will serve couples. I have clients who are couples right now, but I love serving single women. I think back to my days as a single woman. I was single for six years before Greg and I married. And in those days, I really could have used a coach to come alongside me and help me um, use my money and think about my money in a much wiser way. And so whether a woman is uh, never married or widowed or divorced, I feel like single women are just a wonderful group who could benefit very often from a coach coming alongside them and, and encouraging them. Because as you know, Sharon, we as women, one of our primary needs is security and safety. And for single women, very often uh, the area of finances is where we feel less secure and less safe. Why do you think that is? Is it a male-dominated field? Not necessarily. I feel like part of that is just that God created us um, to be cared for. And I know that's countercultural today. Um, and I'm not saying we as women cannot care for ourselves. But I feel like when you're the single sole provider, and especially if there's children involved, there's a lot of insecurity that a woman can feel in that particular area. As I've talked with single moms, uh, I know that this is the case. They feel like they are constantly insecure about their finances. So as you talk to these women, how do you encourage kingdom perspectives for them? You know, I love to remind them that, um, that God sees them. And he knows them. He knows their situation. And that he is really the owner of everything. And everything they have, God has given it to them to manage. And that's where I can encourage them in the making of a budget and the living of a budget, living out of a budget in their lives to help them feel more in control of their finances. Because once women and everyone actually, once anyone starts tracking their income and their outgo, they know exactly how much they have to live on. They're not just floundering thinking, I hope I'm going to have enough money to get to the end. No, they know how much money they have. And so even scripture, I use scripture with these women. As I referenced earlier, Luke 14 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? And that's budgeting, sitting down and counting the cost. And when these women can see it on paper to know whether they have enough money to get to the end and what needs to be altered and cut, they begin to feel more financial security. So do you think that having financial security and freedom is of any spiritual significance? You talked earlier about shame in this area of life. Is there any way that you can help people find freedom from that too? Absolutely. You know, I've always liked to say shame is not God's game. Shame comes from the enemy of our souls. 
And there are virtually zero people out there who have not at some point made a mistake with money. It may be a small mistake. It may be a big mistake. But most of us have made money mistakes. And so coming alongside women and even couples and sharing my story, our story of how we got into trouble with money, um, I think is very powerful. And it helps a person see, gosh, I'm not the only one that has been in this situation. Really, what someone wants to know when they come to a coach is, do you understand me and can you help me? And as I share with, with them my story, they see that I can understand and I can help them and that I am not shaming them for where they are. I am encouraging them to look to God and trust Him that He knows and He can provide for them. That's important. You talked a bit about how people come to you with maybe some of the same issues and problems. You see them again and again. So what kind of common destructive mindsets do people tend to carry with them um, with regards to finances? Can you help us call those out in our own lives? I think one of the most destructive mindsets is that whatever situation they are in, that nothing is ever going to change. I will always be in this situation. And you hear in that the absolutes, the nothing will ever change. I will always be in this situation. And it's simply not true. Uh, there are ways to make forward progress in your finances. I don't care what shape your finances are in. Uh, whether you are $300,000 in student loan debt or whether you owe $300 on a credit card, there are ways to to get out of that and to find freedom and peace and breathing room. So I think that's a huge mindset shift that people can have. Um, another one I mentioned is that debt is normal, that you have to take out a student loan to go to college, and you have to take out a loan to buy a car. And it's simply not true. People just take that quick easy way out in order to achieve the end goal. And it's true that those kind of things are expensive. But if you are living on a budget, and if you have a portion of your budget dedicated to saving, then you simply save up for those things, just like our grandparents did. My grandparents never used debt, ever. They saved the money, and they bought what they needed. Now, clearly, inflation has hit these days, and things are much more expensive. But the math still works. You can still save money to buy what you need. It may take longer. There's not that immediate gratification. But you don't have to go into debt for things like cars and college educations. You're listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, Leah Adams. We'd love you to subscribe to our podcast, leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. It helps us a lot and we'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Leah, what our listeners won't know is that in addition to financial coaching, you are a certified pharmacist. So what kind of work do you do in that line at the moment? Well, at the moment, praise the Lord, I am a retired pharmacist, <laughs> <laughs> but I still do a little bit of consulting. 
uh, with assisted living facilities and personal care homes. I don't stand behind the counter and dispense medication any longer, but I use my skills as a pharmacist to help train people who work in um, long-term care facilities how to give medications to the residents that live there. I also do audits and reviews of their medications and their medication carts at the facilities so that everything is on the up and up, everything is legal, and the facility knows that they are adhering to state standards. Important things indeed. So have you been able to reveal guards to clients as you've brought them immunizations and vaccines and audits? Where have you seen God revealed in that line of work, Leah? You know, Sharon, I think I have, um, especially since the COVID pandemic. Um, People in those type of facilities really, really suffered emotionally, and they felt very um, abandoned. Even though the facilities were doing their very best to keep them safe, uh, they felt very abandoned. And so as I go back into these facilities to give vaccinations, to do audits, I try very hard to take time with the residents and, and just visit with them. Just ask them how they are, what's going on, um, how can I pray for you? I, I believe that one of the things that we can do to reveal God in situations like this is just to let people know that they are heard. Let them know that someone is listening to them. Um, And so that's one of the ways that I feel like I've been able to reveal God to that particular population. Yeah, that's an easy way, something we can all do today. As if this doesn't keep you occupied enough, you're also a well-respected Bible teacher and author, and I absolutely love listening to you teach. I would be remiss not to give you opportunity to say, why do you think reading the Bible and getting to know your Bible are so important for believers? How does our Bible engagement help us to actually reveal God in our everyday lives? Oh, Sharon, I could talk about this all day because I love scripture <laughs> so much. You know I could. I love scripture <laughs> so much. I mean, it's so true what Psalm 119 says, your word is life to me. I grew up uh, in the church. I walked away uh, in my early 20s. I came back in my 30s. And it was only then that I learned the beauty and the majesty and the, um, the life-giving capability that Scripture has. And I just absolutely love Bible teaching. I love Scripture. Uh, And I think that's one reason why I love coaching so much is because it's very similar. I get the opportunity to do some teaching and mentoring. But living by scripture today is truly the only way we can find any peace. I mean, it's been that way for thousands of years, but peace is at a premium today in our world. And the only place that we are going to find true peace is in scripture and So many people believe that the Bible is not pertinent to our lives today, but that's not true. Even in the area of my financial coaching, there are so many scriptures that pertain to life today, to having a good financial legacy. And so even just in that small niche, scripture speaks into life. It's rich and it's generous as it's speaking into our life about our finances. And so that's why I love teaching scripture so much. 
So are you saying that the Bible isn't just for our personal growth? It's not just something for me. It sounds like you're saying there should be some kind of an outflow. Is that right? That is so right. I mean, if we are just taking it in, yes, we're going to grow. But just like a lake that is only taking water in, but never letting it flow out, there's going to be stagnation there. There's going to be algae and mold and ugh. And you've got to use what God teaches you from Scripture to encourage other people, to comfort them, to help them on their journey. I believe that God never wastes a trial in our lives. And Scripture actually says that. And so as we learn about how God is working for us and in us and through us from Scripture, we can give that back out to others for their growth and for their encouragement. Yeah, thank you. Back to the financial coaching for a minute. If someone's listening today and they'd like some help with their financial life, what steps can they take and how can you help them? Well, one of the things that I feel that I can bring to a person as a coach is an objective third party, if you will, viewpoint. As we talked about earlier, finances are a very emotional area of our life. And so often we can get mired down in all of the details, all of the emotions of finances. And as a coach, I can come in and be outside of those emotions and look at the client's finances very objectively and help them see areas of their finances where they can make changes. Uh, One of the things I do work on with my clients is mindset issues. We get into these mindsets, and it's very hard to get out of them, these destructive mindsets around money. It's very difficult to get out of them. And I have tools and things that I can use with clients to help them just step back and evaluate their mindset around money. And and just those two things alone can really propel a person on a new journey with their money. Thank you. So where can we find you if we want to get in touch with you? Um, right here in the North Georgia mountains. Everybody can come visit me. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at my website at Leah adams.org that's l-e-a-h-a-d-a-m-s dot org thank you so leah it's been a real pleasure to talk to you but i'd like to leave our conversation with your thoughts on this how can we reveal god through our finances such a great question i think we can reveal god through our finances by budgeting having a written monthly budget so that we know where every dollar is going that way we're we're holding our money accountable. I think we can reveal God through our finances by giving, by being generous. Many, many people are in very difficult situations. And if we are on a financial journey where we have extra and we are able to be generous to someone else, that reveals God in amazing ways. And then we can reveal God by giving back to him a portion of what he has given us. Because again, we're just managers. He owns it all. Thank you, Leah. We're just managers. He owns it all. That sounds like a perfect place to leave it. We've really loved having you here with us. Thanks for joining us, Leah. Thank you so much for having me, Sharon.
You've been listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, financial coach, author, Bible teacher, and pharmacist, Leah Adams. Want to find out more? Go to leahadams.org. For more information and show notes, go to 61-things.com. Producer is Gary Dell, and God in the Ordinary is a Wise Word Radio 61 Things co-production.